Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this Festival of Pisces. We're um, happy to have our first meeting here in our office on Wall Street. And a warm welcome to all of you who are linking up uh, via the Internet. As you know, we work uh, as a group, not only with our group here today, but also with a worldwide group of individuals and, and groups throughout the planet who are using the opportunity of the full moon to pierce through the veils that normally separate us from the inner spiritual hierarchy of the world. Uh, that we're told that at the full moon period, there's a thinning of the veils. And so we take that opportunity to work together to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity. That's our, that's our purpose. And when we work with the energies of Pisces, um, as with all the signs, we have the opportunity to build in its key qualities into human consciousness. Hi. And therefore, we contribute to the forwarding of planetary evolution. Each sign has certain qualities. And when we work together in meditation, one of our tasks is to build these qualities in to help humanity to expand its consciousness. Each sign is imbued with a type of devic essence, a hue and a tone. And as we link up with our own souls, we can bring in that essence and then distribute it through our vehicles. That's our primary service and we work together. And the, the opportunity to work with the signs is cumulative. Each month builds on the energies contacted in the previous month. And so when we come to this sign of Pisces, the 12th sign, the final sign, we have a huge foundation upon which we've built throughout the year. And in many ways, Pisces is the richest of all the signs. It takes, we're told, from all the signs, not in a personal sense of holding for itself, but rather it's the sign of the world's savior. So it's a richness that's given from the very depth of that quality of the world savior, the sacrificial nature. And Pisces, as we're told, is related to the first law of the soul, which is called the law of sacrifice. And uh, as we try and come to a deeper understanding of what sacrifice means on a soul level, I think we can come to a deeper understanding of what Pisces essentially means. And also of our planetary life, of the, the karma and the note of our planetary life, because our particular planetary logos, the great being that ensouls our planet, is said to be particularly related to this law of sacrifice. So we can understand a little about what these laws mean by pondering their name, by pondering their um, ray energy, by pondering their symbol. And so I just want to touch briefly on those qualities. So one of the other names of the law of sacrifice is the law of those who choose to die. And Pisces is a sign that's preeminently through its planetary ruler. Pisces, with its first ray destructive energy, is related to death 
is related to um, a deeper understanding of what death means. Um, for Pisces cuts away at the very roots of one's being. And so often people or energies related to Pisces are related to letting go and to sacrifice, as I said. Of course, death is the ultimate sacrifice that some people are called to make on their path. But really, the type of death that is more um, applicable to this experience is the death of old thought forms, the death of crystallized forms that impede our ability to move forward, either in our individual lives or, more importantly, in as a collective, as a society. So this energy of Pisces, the last sign, helps us to cut away those old obstructing forces in the world and in ourselves. On the path of sacrifice, we learn the lessons of non-attachment, and we gradually detach from the personality and its trappings. This understanding is portrayed for us in the symbol of this sign, which we're told is a rosy cross overshadowed by a golden bird that's flying free. And the Tibetan in his description depicts the rosy cross as that of the personality life of all the things that we hold dear, that we grasp. Rose is the color of attachment. And the golden bird is the symbol of the soul, which reflects the sun, the color sun, the color gold. It's a reflection of the sun or the soul, and it flies free, you know. So the soul is, uh, is a liberating influence in our lives. And if we remain attached to the rosy cross, we might not take those steps that will allow ourselves to be liberated into something unknown and freeing. So um, this symbol encourages us to take that leap into the unknown and to free ourselves from those attachments that might be holding us back. And the ray influence that comes in under this law is that of the fourth ray, the ray of harmony through conflict, which is often associated with mercury, with the color gold or yellow, and with the mind and the ability to bridge the gap between the lower and higher minds. So this ability to work with sacrifice involves somehow the ability to develop the intuition and to imagine that which lies beyond the personality, to imagine and act as if we are the soul, even if we feel it not, we can still imagine it and make that attempt. Um, it's said that the soul breathes and its form live thereby. So as we collectively learn to breathe in accordance with the soul's rhythms, which often occur in synchronistic fashion with the rhythms of the natural world, such as the rhythm of the new and full moon. As we learn to breathe within those rhythms, we learn to work more effectively with our soul. And so it seems that as we move into this new age, which will be characterized, as we all know, by the seventh ray, but also increasingly by this incoming now of the fourth ray, it seems that our culture will shift from one of work and one of occupation with the lower concrete mind into a society that is more based on a soul culture, which gives us more time to cultivate the soul instead of putting all of the focus on the, on the work that we do in the world. This law of sacrifice, the Tibetan says, is related to the Bhagavad Gita. 
and particularly that section in the Gita which is concerned with the relinquishment of gain. We know that is basically what sacrifice is. It's the relinquishing of that which the personality holds dear in accordance with something else, something greater that our soul is urging us on. So as we for forsake the desires of the personality, leave them behind, there's something else, something greater that our soul wants from us. And so we need to undertake those relinquishments in order to figure out what it is that the soul is asking us to do. Usually this means letting go of the non-essential aspects of our personality lives, of which we all probably have many at this time and age of many distractions at the personality level. If our lives become subsumed with these uh, non-essentials, we don't really have room for the more essential things that our soul is trying to uh, convey to us. But a much later stage on the path of sacrifice is characterized by a pervasive simplicity and a deep humility that involves sacrifices that we at our level of consciousness cannot even fathom, being so profound and all-encompassing. To give and to sacrifice becomes a way of life and a way of bliss for these great initiates. At this point, all the jewels that characterize the gifts of the personality garnered over the many cycles of long incarnations are said to be left behind. But paradoxically, as the Yoga Sutras state, at this stage, all jewels become his. So as the Tibetan states, when abstention from theft is per perfected, the yogi can have whatever he desires because he no longer wants or needs it. When the seeker on the way has learned through many lives of strong desire to desire nothing for the separated self, he can then be trusted, we're told, with the riches of the universe. For he then makes no demand on the lower nature and claims nothing for the threefold self. Then all that he desires comes to him unasked for and unclaimed. In the four cycles of the breath into which the spiritual year can be divided, the sign of Pisces comes at the period in the breath of in-breathing. So if you've ever done breathing exercises, this is at the end of the period of inhalation. And so it signifies, in a sense, spiritually, a rising to the heights. During this time of in-breathing, we're said and we're asked to breathe in rhythm with the hierarchy, to breathe in. That means that we have to focus our alignment. So this sign is the ultimate sign of alignment. And not only do we align with the spiritual hierarchy, but as we together stand on the periphery of that hierarchy, which we can do, then we can make that higher alignment, that push into the center Shambhala, which we're told is really the next step for the spiritual group as we work in concert with hierarchy. The keynote of Pisces is I leave the Father's home and turning back I save. And this keynote takes on new meaning today for humanity. For contact with this highest spiritual center, Shambhala, is becoming possible 
and necessary if the forces of light are going to garner the requisite strength to bring about the necessary changes in our world. We need this energy of this highest spiritual center. And to make that effort possible, we're told that at this time, for the first time in planetary history, there is being established a three-way interconnection between the three planetary centers of humanity, the planetary throat, hierarchy, the planetary heart, and Shambhala, the planetary head. For the first time, and only for a temporary period of time, there is being established this triangle within the planet because of the important events that are due to unfold in our world during this upcoming period. So this alignment is making it possible for the first time for humanity to not only contact Shambhala in concert with hierarchy, but to also be receptive itself from the energies of that highest center. Prior to this time, these potent energies would not have been available for the human kingdom. We would not have been able to withstand the potency of that vibration. But now, small groups here and there are making themselves available as distributing agents for this radiant light of the fiery will that can pour through the prepared channel and be used, we're told, in the reconstruction of the world. So when we ask ourselves, what is it that we can do? What is our purpose? It really is to work in concert with our group at these moments of the interlude period to build this bridge in consciousness through which the energies can flow to reconstruct the world. And in the teachings of the New Testament, there's a mysterious passage which relates to this, wherein humanity is depicted as a great angel that stirs the reservoirs of, reservoirs of force and light within Shambhala, which then allows for the healing of the nations to occur. Pisces, ruled by Pluto in the first ray, is having its influence augmented this year because of the upcoming solar eclipse that occurs on March 9th at the Pisces new moon period. A solar eclipse relates to manifestation upon Earth, a time wherein those aspects of the plan needing immediate implementation can be worked out, and surely part of that opportunity can involve humanity's ability to appropriate the will aspect and express it as the will to good. So an eclipse itself is related to the will. Pisces is related to the will. So surely this uh, confluence of will energies will make it available that humanity can increasingly become um, influenced by this higher will. It was surely this Piscean influence that has governed our planetary life for the past 2,100 years, which has paved the way for humanity's receptivity to this Shambhala impact. There have, we're told, been two Shambhala impacts in the past years, the first in 1975 and the second in the year 2000. And these, res these impacts, the effects of which will be working out for many years to come, are what have um, been contributing to the tremendous breaking down of forms in our world and also to the influx of the keynote of freedom as these forms are broken down 
the keynote of freedom, the keynote of the Aquarian life is becoming real and realized in our world. And although in one sense we are leaving the age of Pisces behind, in another sense, in relationship to the cycles of what's called the greater zodiac, we're told the influence of Pisces will still be very strong for through the entire Aquarian age. For the next 2,000 to 2,500 years, we will still have a strong influence from Pisces. And so therefore, this time could be characterized by a time of endings and beginnings, a time of overlapping of two energies, both in the cycle of the lesser zodiac, wherein the Piscean influence is still active, and in the cycle of the greater zodiac. So we have the influence available of two great signs, and these are said to be the most creative periods. And when it comes to a consideration of the merging of endings and beginnings, a line from an ancient mantra comes, comes to my consciousness, the mantra of fire. In part, it states, behind the portal, on the other side, lies that which I call home. For the circle has been well-nigh trod, and the end approaches the beginning. So we all start our journey from a place of relative oneness. Then we pass through a long series of lives of complexity, colored by personality living, only eventually to return again to oneness with the gains of experience through a conscious process of letting go. There are therefore no fine lines of demarcation between endings and beginnings of things. For wherever we go, we face our opposite, which is also part of ourself. From the most ancient of days, time was itself was not viewed in the present linear format in which we view it. Instead, it was viewed in a circular fashion, as a great wheel with no beginning and no end, embracing constant and ceaseless change and mutation yet also containing patterns and repetitions as wheels upon wheels, kalpas upon kalpas, eons upon eons, pass as cosmic seconds in a great unfolding dance. One of the ancient symbols that embodied this idea was the Ouroboros, a dragon or serpent devouring its own tail. But a true understanding of the symbol finds the serpent not so much devouring its tail, but instead entering into or penetrating within that tail into another dimension of reality. Some ancient teachings viewed the vastness of the Milky Way itself as a vast Ouroboros and the great uh, serpent of light residing in the heavens, centering upon the galactic center wherein there was that transformative place of devouring, a portal which many thought was our entryway in again into another dimension of reality. In he Hindu iconography, Shiva, the god of creation and destruction, was depicted within an Ouroboros, representing the constant state of renewal and dance between death, rebirth, creation, destruction, love, hate, summer, 
and winter. And in the Upanishads, the Ouroboros was related to the Kundalini, to a snake coiled round upon itself, holding its tail in its mouth, lying at rest, half asleep at the base of the body. In a distant future, it said that this idea of the merging and blending of worlds will affect our zodiac as a whole. At this time, the two signs of ending and beginning, Pisces and Aries, will then merge and blend and we're told become one. So the end will become the beginning. There will be only 10 signs then of the zodiac, which in itself is not new because in the past, Ages were told there were 10 signs of the zodiac. But now, into a future time, many eons into the future, this again will take place as a result of changes within consciousness. And although it's a long way off, the Tibetan gives us some interesting comments upon what will happen as those two signs of ending and beginning merge. He says that now, the past is um, very much with us in our collective unconscious. It's very much with us. But the future is veiled. really don't know what's coming in the future. But in this future time, he says, the opposite will take place. And there will be a veil on the past. And the future will be revealed. A recognition of the intuitive nature of humanity that will enable it to project itself into the future and to use the present as the building block to bring through that future manifestation. And the past being veiled is, is a beautiful thought. Forgetting the things which lie behind will strive towards our higher spiritual possibilities. The past which so often weighs us down with fears, forebodings from the collective subconscious will be veiled and will be freed to move forward into this new and intuitive realization. Another keynote of this 12th sign is the light of the world. This is described as that which reveals the light of life itself. It's that light that ends forever the darkness of matter. So again, we see the relationship being established between this sign and Shambhala through the emphasis on the life aspect, for Shambhala is the life. The life that pervades and interpenetrates all things. And it's said that we are now preparing for a new light, perhaps this light of the world, hidden from the very depths of time. And it's on the verge, we're told, of manifestation in our world. A new light is coming sometimes called a light that's related to the will aspect, a light supernal, which in combination of the Aquarian age and the incoming seventh ray, the light supernal can be known, which we're told will lead to an illumination of human consciousness. So we should expect, we should project our consciousness into the realization that the light is coming. What that means, how it will manifest, in our daily lives, we might not really understand. But we should extend the contours of our mind, open ourselves to the possibility of that which is on the way. 
the Agni Yoga teachings have a beautiful passage related to this idea. It states, when you're asked to f- where to find confirmation of the teaching, answer, only in life. Not education, not experience, not talent, but precisely the fire of straight knowledge opens the direct path to Shambhala. It is precisely the fire of straight knowledge that enables one to perceive the unique qualities of the new signs in the midst of the daily life. So, let's do what we can now to contribute towards that building bridge within consciousness whereby the fiery essence can pour into our world. So let's just take a brief moment to settle ourselves in silence and link with each other and with all those working around the world. Come together in group fusion, sounding together the mantram. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. Projecting a line of lighted energy towards the hierarchy, the planetary heart, and towards the world teacher, the Christ, at the heart of hierarchy. extend that alignment to the center Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known.
or interlude. Holding the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala, radiated through hierarchy, using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay, and pause and hold that contemplative mind open.
reflect on this seed thought. I leave the Father's home, and turning back, I save.
precipitation, using the creative imagination, visualizing the energies of light, love, and the will to good, pouring throughout the planet, and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Lower interlude, refocusing the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And sounding together the affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And pause to consider how these energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher.
distribution, sounding the great invocation, visualizing the outpouring of light, love, and power from the hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of life within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
you. And just a reminder that the exact time of the full moon occurs tomorrow at 1.21, I believe, 1.21 p.m. And our, our next meeting will be here uh, for the Easter festival, the Aries full moon, on Tuesday, March 22nd. And we're having a new start time at 6.30. So, And also, we have an opportunity for volunteers. So if you are free, you have some free time during the day, and you want to get good karma points, you can uh, call us or email us and come in and uh, help us. So we'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>